Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Children of the Night. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So far, this season has stacked up to be pretty effing weird, Matt. I feel that by now I'm usually hitting my burnout point. So it's nice to not feel like I'm burning out. But at the same time, yeah, it would be cool if there was some last minute surprise to really put a bow on the season. We need an ace in the hole. But then again, we have had some experiences. We had the pancakes. We had slimy shakes at Carvel. The other night, we got some Count Chocolate last Sunday at a restaurant we will never be at again. <laughs> yeah, there's been some good stuff, no doubt about it. I mean, and we were even talking about movies, and we had It too. And it we had, too. That was that was three years ago. <laughs> we had The Adams Family. It was good. Did, you saw The Adams Family. I did not. You gave it a thumbs up. You did not give the crowd you saw it with a thumbs up, though. Right. The crowd was, um, let's just say they were 30 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other than that, it wasn't bad. <laughs> cool. So is that it? Do we have any other movies coming out before Halloween? Maleficent, if you want to count that. I don't know. I can't pronounce it. I might count it, though. <laughs> so as I'm sitting here at my desk, Matt, I'm looking at a glass that I had from Universal Horror Nights, which is something that was cool this Halloween season. They did a lot of cool houses at the Universal Horror Nights. So I have a collectible glass in front of me. And I'm saying to myself, well, tonight's subject is the Universal Monsters on the Purple Stuff podcast. Can you believe it? The Universal <laughs> Monsters here on the Purple Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're so prevalent in pop culture that I wanted to ask you, are you sitting like in your office or wherever you're at? Can you look around and say, hey, geez, I have something in my room that represents the Universal Monsters? Oh, dude, I don't have to look far because literally right behind me, I am flanked by them. Two standees. One is of the creature from the Black Lagoon holding a can of Mountain Dew Pitch Black 2. <laughs> and the other one is the Wolfman holding a very oversized bag of Doritos. People who have uh, viewed your videos over the years, I think they've seen that uh, Well, I mean, if, if you got it, flaunt yeah. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the only cool things I own are these two standees, so of course. <laughs> you flush it, I flaunt it. Hiya, <laughs> <laughs> <I am> Max. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> uh, can we switch and do Batman Returns tonight instead? <laughs> All right, so I have, uh, like I mentioned, I have this glass. It was from the Universal Monsters house at Horror Nights, which was 
all the universal characters in the walkthrough, which is really cool. So what, you walk through a house and you like you hit into Dracula and then Frankenstein, that kind of shit? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Who was the best monster in that house? Uh, that's a good question. I And you can't say the Bride of Frankenstein. I'm gonna go <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Frankenstein because he did have a cool look to him. He looked kind of scary. You know, I always feel like Frankenstein gets the biggest push, and I think even tonight that's gonna be a recurring theme as we go through our picks. He's gonna get a little pop right now because this other thing that's sitting on my desk. Happy Halloween! Oh, for Christ's sake! Here we fucking go. <laughs> No wonder you were so excited to get this record going. Another fucking noisemaker. You're two. I don't, it's like, you have no idea how much you lucked out genetically that you look the way you do and sound the way you do. Because if you had my voice and my physical characteristics, you'd be fucking dead. I wouldn't have made it past third grade. So what is that that I just heard? So this was uh, a Frankenstein head that I had mentioned on a previous Purple Stuff episode that I said there's a guy selling on, e on eBay. Oh, that's the that's the the Frankenstein head. On eBay, the guy had bat wings attached to it, right, all right? Right, right. But I realized he basically made up his own thing because the actual Frankenstein head did not come with bat wings. Oh, he, what do they call that? He kit-bashed his Frankenstein? He did. Oh, You're so man. trendy with that. Yeah, I, right? I, I, I didn't I mean, know what that meant until today, to be honest with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to hear it again. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> He's doing Sam Kinison. Yeah, I, <laughs> Coming up next on Married with Children. Yeah, not the voice you would expect to come out of a disembodied Frankenstein head. Totally not. So tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast. Universal Monsters. Now this is us, so we're not really going to touch on the classic movies. And to be honest with you right now, Jay, I don't know if I've seen even one of them beyond <laughs> The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think it's the I only one I've actually seen. I'm not shocked at that. <laughs> yeah. So this is like us grabbing at the Universal Monsters as they've appeared in really obscure portions of pop culture. Yes, we are, are not going to provide the obvious stuff. So. Right. If anyone wants a more traditional podcast about the Universal Monsters, our friend Matt at Talk Film Society has a series out now. So, hi, Matt. There's your plug. Remember when yeah. we met you at WrestleMania for one minute last year? That was fun. It was good times. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into it. Mm -hmm. Who's kicking things off? I think I'll go first. All right, let's do it. Number one. Tonight, I, Dr. Frankenstuff, reveal my greatest invention. Serve, Gregor. A hot dog. Take a bite. Wow, there's real chili inside. How'd you do that? I tunneled deep into juicy hormel franks and stuffed them so with rich hormel jelly. Absolutely amazing. Positively delicious. What do you call him, Master? What else? But Frankenstuff. <laughs> Frankenstuff from Hormel. For my first pick, I want to talk about those old Frankenstuff hot dogs. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Swinging for the fences. The pick that pisses off Jay the most. 
<laughs> yeah, so you and I, we had a little debate about these because I admit their connection to the Universal Monsters is a little weak. Well, first, I mean, it's a hot dog and it's uh, lacking very much in any of the Universal Monsters themselves. So it's kind of hard to include on this list. I am going to make a case for their inclusion, but I do have to correct you. It's not a hot dog. It's the hot dog. Okay, so yeah. this is like the Empire State Building of hot dogs. Exactly, the end-all, be-all of hot dogs. <laughs> I think they debuted in 1984, lasted through at least the early 90s, and they were stuffed with either Hormel chili or like this gooey yellow cheese. Mm. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, if you like school lunches. Oh, well, you know what? I do. I do love school lunches. It's like whenever people are posting those pictures, look at this sad school lunch. I'm like, actually, that looks pretty good to me. A piece of bread with a piece of cheese on it? Like, pass that shit over. You can keep the milk, but everything else is good. Oh, they'll slide those chocolate milks down to me. I'll drink all of them. <laughs> Remember when you were like five and they would only have a couple of chocolate milks and everyone had to run after them? Yes. God forbid you got stuck. I think the next you would want is the red milk, and then they had the blue milk, which was terrible. Let's be fair. The blue milk is only in Star Wars. No, it doesn't I knew I was setting else. you up. I'm talking about the, the low-fat skim milk that was like water. Yeah. Oh, God. You were just like, oh, the toast of the town if you managed to get the chocolate milk, but nobody wanted to talk to you if you got the blue one. <laughs> That's why I just, I'd only brought my own lunch. Capri Suns, the Sips. Oh, I, yeah, see, I, I'm speaking as an observer, not as a participant. As you know, if I drink even in a drop of milk, I die. <laughs> but if you eat a chili-filled hot dog, you I do live, not die. I live. Yeah. <laughs> so from everything I've heard, these Frank and Stuff hot dogs, they were both incredibly delicious and insanely dangerous because there was no way to get the perfect temperature to the innards. You would either have, like, ice-cold chili, or it would be, like, super hot, like, so bad you would want to sue them. You know, when you said dangerous, I thought you meant because when you cut it open, it shoots the chili out of the middle. Like, because in the commercial, you open it up, the chili's, like, shooting out of it. It's almost like there's, like, a, like a hydraulic air injector, like, forcing it, the chili out. It does seem that way, though. I don't know if they were taking any artistic license in those commercials. But yeah, <laughs> so it's at this point where some of our listeners probably want to kill me for pitching this as a Universal Monsters thing. But here's the thing. Frankenstein was actually a huge part of the marketing. I, I, oh, I would continue talking, but apparently I'm being drowned out by 80 fucking dogs right now. <laughs> Do you hear this? They're the hounds of hell. Jay, there are literally six dogs arguing right outside my window right now. Because <laughs> they're like, they want the chili-filled hot dog. Oh my That's god, why. pass it over! <laughs> Did I hear Hormel? So, Frankenstein was a part of the advertising. Yeah, I mean, I would wait for these dogs to pass, but God knows how long this is going to go on, so we're just going to have to deal with it. You had, yeah. in the commercials, you had Dr. Frankenstein doing his best Dr. Frankenstein impression, and he's right. treating the hot dogs like they're his monster creation. Right. So that's one. Then there was apparently another commercial where Frankenstein's monster himself appeared and did a taste test. Oh, so he's in one of the commercials. Yeah, I can't find it, but I've had two people swear uh -huh. up and down and like put their hand on the Bible and say that it exists. But I have found print ads with the monster shoving the hot dogs into like Mad Lab equipment, so it's a uh -huh. thing. Yeah, see, if you would have told me that, it would have went easier on you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wanted to get your honest appraisal. And your honest appraisal was, dude, 
end the show with this. Don't start the show with this. <laughs> but still, like, I think the connection is there. And the whole point of these hot dogs, like, they were trying to get kids to buy hot dogs on the basis of them having a monster connection, which is pretty cool. I don't know why they thought that Frankenstein was a huge, surefire way to sell hot dogs to kids in the 80s. I always put myself in the shoes of the marketing people. This is like low-hanging fruit to them. They're like, okay, well, if we shoot chili inside of this hot dog, we're basically like having to Frankenstein it back together. So let's just use that as the whole marketing scheme. You You're know? calling that the low-hanging fruit? Like, for me, it's such a reach, and that's why I'm impressed with him. Like, how the <laughs> fuck do you... It's like, all right, first of all, the insanity of even coming up with the concept of injecting a hot dog with chili aside, then you make this enormous leap. You know what? Frankenstein. I just love that we're saying injected with chili because I, I want to be injected with chili right now. It's, it's saucy. <laughs> this is our special NC-17 podcast on the Universal Monsters. <laughs> well, what a way to open the show tonight. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here, Jay. <laughs> I mean that, actually. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Nothing could tear me away from my Count Chocula cereal. Who's that? Good morning. Real Dracula. For real? May I have some? You can have mine. I'll sink my teeth into... What? The delicious chocolatey marshmallows in Count Chocula cereal. Oh, yeah. And it's part of this complete breakfast, too. How about a monster for breakfast today? For real. Matt, for my first pick, the Monster Serials did a tie-in with the Universal Monsters in 1987. They did. And this really came down to not only the art on the front of the boxes, of the cereal boxes, and also commercials that really kind of just tied in perfectly with the boxes. So this was something that was unprecedented at that point because we had only really seen sort of cartoon-looking mascots on the front of the boxes. You know, you would see Yummy Mummy and right. Blueberry and, and all. Pl plus, so. they never really shared their box space with anyone else, and now here they were. Yeah, and it was so smart to me at that time to team them up with the guys that inspired them, basically. So you had Frankenberry with Boris Karloff's Frankenstein in the background. And then you had uh, Count Chocula with Bela Lugosi. But to me, the greatest aspect of this was that the monsters were in black and white and the serial mascots were in bright color. Yep. And it just did a really cool contrast that really sucked me in. Well, the boxes, I don't know if they're my all-time favorite, but you're right. They're probably the most artful. Like, they look like expensive mm -hmm. prints. Yeah, specifically the Frankenberry cover is my all-time favorite cover of the serial. There's a 30-second spot with Frankenberry and Boris Karloff that I think is just the ultimate. You know, if I could go to one of these 4DX movie theaters where it's like in 4D, to me, if they could just play that over and over, I would spend the whole day watching that. And they actually used, if I remember it correctly, they worked in real movie footage. Like, this isn't just Dracula in quotes and Frankenstein in quotes. It's the legit Universal Monster movie versions. Oh, absolutely. And it was very simple how they cut it together. Right. They didn't rotoscope Dracula's arm to go they, around Count Chocula or anything like that, but it still worked. In the commercial, we have Frankenberry with one of the kids, and they're kind of chit-chatting. The kid says, this Frankenberry is good. 
And then Frankie Barry's getting a little cocky. He's like, yeah, it's it's very good. <laughs> oh. Frankenberry's a pretty affable guy, whereas Count Chocula has a more biting personality. A pun intended, yes. <laughs> yeah. But we've beaten this to death talking about the cereals and how they just don't taste the same anymore as they did back then. But when they show the cereal <laughs> in the commercial, it just looks so Yeah, freaking... no, it's it's I know oh. we have beaten that subject to death, but we're not wrong and neither is anyone else. I don't think they're that bad now. A lot of people got kind of go crazy with that. I think they're still pretty good, but back then it seriously felt like you were eating freeze dried chocolate bars and also had like a little bit of a lighter color it wasn't like now it's like super bright red if you have the frankenberry yeah it's just it was a little bit different i I guess there was a lot more sugar too so regardless um when i was a kid i used to watch these old monster films and i'm at home watching black and white horror movies and and everybody else was doing normal kid things you know why you did that because you were always emulating the teens in the 80s horror movies who always always (laughs) universally had a scene within the first 10 minutes of the movie where they're like on their couch eating cheetos watching a classic monster movie in black and white (laughs) i don't even know if that was the inspiration but i just did it and like I was the kid in the back of the library reading the Crestwood monster books and stuff. So like when you see these commercials, it almost made you feel like, oh, okay, I'm see, I'm not too out of step. There you go. So can I tell you a little bit of trivia? Yes. Do you know the story with that Dracula box? Oh, I think I do. Uh, yeah. Remind me. I have yeah. it around here, but it caused a big stir because Dracula's pendant, at least on the original box, which is the one I have, it looked like the Star of David. Right, right. So basically a Jewish Dracula, which was offensive on several fronts. Right. So I don't know if the stores pull the boxes, but I know General Mills eventually altered them. Mm-hmm. And it just, it sucks for G Mills because they poured all that money into the licensing advertising and then they put out the boxes and it's like pfft, kind of a yeah. disaster. It's ridiculous that they even let it out. Well, I, I I can't remember the story. I think our friend John wrote about it once too. Um, something with like how the art just it it was like automatic they didn't mean to do it it just transferred that way but yeah you look at it it is totally that shape i wonder if i could get them poster sized and put on my wall i am surprised you haven't i'm also surprised that nobody else has just said you know what i'm gonna roll the dice and see if general mills sues me i am putting out prints of these boxes because they are beautiful and they are expensive on ebay there you go, General Mills, next year. A whole line of posters for the cereal box. Or how about, hey, General Mills, anything, anything <laughs> different. <laughs> or no, you know what, General Mills? How about don't bury the cereal in a weird end cap that no one even knows where it is in the store. Just put it right in the front. <laughs> it's, I swear, it's almost like they put that in as a contract mandate. Must display cereal in most inconvenient locations. We, we're okay with you selling this target, but make sure nobody can find it. Great cereal, Frankenberry. Frankly, it's very good. Our visitor, perhaps he'd like a monster for breakfast today. The real Frankenstein. This monster's not on the menu. But Frankenberry cereal is. <laughs> Strawberry-flavored marshmallows? <laughs> it's part of this complete breakfast. Good. I've got a monster for breakfast today. For Number three. 
I'm Steve Barrick from Fox 17, and this is my buddy Frank, and my uh, other buddy Frank, inviting you to look for the Gotta Have a Monster Bash display at all participating Central Iowa Fairway stores. Stock up on Pepsi and snack food from Frito-Lay for your Halloween party, and register to win one of four trips for two to Universal Studios in Orlando or Hollywood. I'll announce the winners Halloween night during Fox 17's feature movie Down and Out in Beverly Hills. It's the Gotta Have a Monster Bash, brought to you by Pepsi, Frito-Lay, Fairway Stores, and Fox 17. All right, Jay, for my next pick, I want to talk about the bond between the Universal Monsters, Pepsi, and Frito-Lay. Oh, yes. Let's do it. I don't know exactly when it started, but pretty much all through the 90s, at least, there were all of these Halloween promotions coming from Pepsi and Frito-Lay. And when I say Frito-Lay, of course, talking about stuff like Doritos and Ruffles chips and all that. So you had all these, like, crazy TV commercials that presented Pepsi and Frito-Lay chips as the ultimate snacks for a Halloween party. And I bought into that super hard. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, like, you know how we consider Coke the Christmas cola? Yes. For me, I don't even drink Pepsi, but I would never not have Pepsi at a Halloween party. So you really did buy into it. Like, yeah, because totally... there were a billion commercials. Yeah. And most of them, or at least many of them, featured the Universal Monsters in one form or another. And there was one in particular that I think everyone really remembers starts with Frankenstein lumbering up the street and he's carrying the whole damn Pepsi truck over his head. Trick-or-treaters are running and screaming. Frankie goes up to this door of this big old mansion and he's holding a couple of cans of Pepsi and a few bags of Doritos. Dracula answers and Dracula's hosting this big Halloween party. Takes one look at Frank and what does the fucker say, Jay? What? what? No dip? No dip? Oh, <laughs> classic. The most quoted like line in the 1990s. Frankenstein tried so hard, and Drac was like, eh, not good enough. Uh, totally disp- What a fucking dick. <laughs> Close, but no cigar. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, the commercial ends with poor Frank. He's like heading back into the darkness to go get French onion dip. But my God, I'm not kidding. Like, us kids, and even now, we said, va, to no dip, thousands <laughs> of times. Yeah. Well, it got a ton of rotation time on tv like whether it was after school or during prime time yep. tv shows it was on all the time during the halloween season if you watch the entire disney afternoon that's like two hours you saw these commercials mm, 80 times during october yeah. so it was just all <laughs> over the place one other thing it wasn't just tv commercials that featured the universal monsters some years they even worked their way into the packaging and like yes. store displays and stuff like that and I think the most famous bit were the 12-pack boxes of Pepsi, which featured art of pretty much all of the Universal Monsters. Yeah, those were some of my favorites. Yeah, so you would buy a 12-pack of Pepsi. It was like, you know, that cardboard box, and you'd get these, I guess you were, they're almost like mini posters on the back that you could cut out. Right. So the cool thing, this is where I'm going with this. One year in the early 90s, they assigned different Universal Monsters to different Pepsi products. And they had a 12-pack of Crystal Pepsi in the mix. So those brilliant bastards made the Invisible Man the official mascot of Crystal Pepsi. It's amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. Clear soda. Clear monster. Yeah, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I still have that box. And I guess it's rare because every time I bring this up, people are like, oh, no, that didn't happen. No, it did. It totally did. I can prove it. If you weren't really paying attention to that campaign, it, it probably could have just flown right past your head yeah i found that box on ebay once and i had like a buy it now for i don't know 12 bucks holy shit i've never hit a button so fast because <laughs> oh 
totally canon. The Invisible Man was the official mascot of Crystal Pepsi. Just oh, the yeah. intersection of all our interests involved in that. Oh, so good. And you brought up the like the mini poster things. Like I'm such a huge fan of the artwork and the concept behind that. That's another thing that had a lot of impact on us as kids because we would be walking around the grocery store and you would see like big displays where they would have all the monsters in like like a like Frankenstein had a party hat on right. and sunglasses and all that. That pretty much dictated the rest of my life looking at Frankenstein with sunglasses on. I first of all, <laughs> I have a banner in my living room running across the entire living room, a banner of that Frankenstein, the old yeah. store display, it, and it's yeah. amazing. We have a lot of friends that do kind of like clothing brands and product brands, and I feel like this was definitely an inspiration to all of them. This whole yeah. like mash of hard horror and like party atmosphere yeah and and also just kind of updating the characters because you would have you have like creature and he's got like a sideways hat on and then like wolfman has like a boom box mm. near how, his head how are we gonna bring the creature into the 90s <laughs> i know <laughs> put a hat on the fucker <laughs> so universal monsters pepsi frito-lay uh menage a trois made in heaven but no dip. What? <laughs> no dip? <laughs> For a really great Halloween, pick up tons of Pepsi and Doritos. Number four. Matt, for this next pick, it is one that I don't think you were expecting at all, but it's a video from Huey Lewis in the News, and it's <laughs> doing it all for my baby from 1987. I love how you're like this low-key authority on all things Huey Lewis, by the I way. love Huey Lewis. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, you've somehow mentioned, I mean, the purpose of podcast and Huey Lewis is not exactly a, a, a natural fit, but you've managed to mention Huey at least 12 times. <laughs> well you got to remember though in the 80s huey lewis was such a force especially with back to the future i mean that really put him to the next level I will and he concede had whole... the back to the future connection but i mean i feel like we could be talking about payless shoes doing a show about payless shoes and you're like, you know what this reminds me of huey lewis <laughs> it's true it's definitely true but no but... you found something super on target so go ahead this is something that, like, from when I was a kid, obviously, I've mentioned on the show before, I was a maniac when it comes to MTV. So I would literally sit there for, like, hours and hours and just watch MTV. I was a total couch potato, but only for MTV. Mm -hmm. They would show these elongated versions of videos sometimes. Thriller was a very long-form video, and then they cut it down sometimes. Right. But occasionally, you'd get lucky and you'd get the full long length video it's funny you mentioned that because i almost feel like this was like yui's attempt to do thriller exactly yeah this one was almost eight minutes and and it's four it minutes before you hear any music <laughs> <Yeah>. literally 
I'll, I'll kind of do a synopsis of it. Yeah, please do bad... because I watched this video a bunch of times, and I, I, it's, it's amazing. But I need somebody <laughs> to tell me what exactly is going on. It is so whacked out. Right? It is so. There's a bad storm going on, real spooky. The guys are in their Huey Lewis van trying to get to the next venue for a gig. Yeah. You think they might get into an accident or whatever, but they get a flat tire. So Huey decides that he's going to volunteer to fix the flat tire. He goes under the van, and then the van falls on him because one of the band members, like, leans on the jack, and the right. jack makes the van slip. So Huey's dead underneath the van, right? And I just want to point out, at this point in your, in your description, this video is eight minutes long. You're up to about 17 seconds in. <laughs> so they leave him for dead. The rest of the van, real a-holes, they go to get something to eat at this nearby haunted mansion that they see in the distance, right? right? Crackling thunder and lightning, and there's grave diggers outside, yeah. and the grave diggers get a hold of Huey, and they drag him out from under the van. Meanwhile, the band is inside, and they meet this creepy butler, and they bring him downstairs, and then you see this mad scientist who is like Dr. Frankenstein, but we'll call him Dr. Huey Stein. Yes. He's Huey Lewis in disguise. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's kind of unwrapping this human or whatever uh, that's wrapped up. Right? It's, it's like a mummy, but it's not. Right, right. And then the scientist takes the wraps off the girl's face, and we see it's this beautiful girl, and she winds up being the bride of Frankenstein. And then as we get to the music, this is some of the best stuff that yeah. you'll ever see in your life. So Huey Lewis, as Dr. Huey Stein, is singing into his science beaker thing as, like, his microphone. Yes, he's got a smoke. <laughs> I did really. That was probably my favorite bit is that Huey spends the entire song, which is half the video length, singing into a smoking beaker. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth shooting this insane thing just to get that shot. Oh, it's amazing. So then eventually they make Huey into Frankenstein. So he's Huey Lewis Stein. And then him and the bride get together. But I mean, he's all done up as Frankenstein. Like, 100%. oh, no, no. This is like, I mean, we're going to name a couple of different Frankensteins tonight. And I think of all of them, he was probably the most impressive. Like, it was a wow costume. Oh, yeah. It was really well done. Like, wow, I actually well. had to scroll back the video. I'm like, is that Huey Lewis? Yeah. yeah it was really enough. amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, then they, they, they get together. My favorite part of this whole thing is the fact that you have this lead singer of, at the time, like a mega popular band. And here's the pinnacle of all this is the fact that he's dressed as Frankenstein and he's singing the chorus to doing it all for my baby. And then he starts like dancing around boogieing to this song at the uh, 722 minute marker. In oh, the yeah. Video. yeah. 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 It's, it's wild. We've brought up music videos i talked a lot about music videos on here this is one of those videos where i think this is probably yeah i mean i don't know if i can quite say that it is as bizarre as the billy ocean video but it is Definitely up there not. it's up there for yeah. sure first of all imagine my surprise to find out that the song i've been hearing for decades had a video like this that's what i'm saying it's in complete contrast to the song yes and like i'm struggling to figure out why it has a video like this because the song lyrics do not necessarily call for a video shot in a haunted castle full of monsters <laughs> that's the best part I'm about like, it why i'm like what i'm like i'm like thinking is this like from the soundtrack to night of the creature or something like why are they doing this <laughs> is there a reason I, like is was there any explanation for why yui went horror 
Well, I mean, is there an explanation for chili-filled hot dogs going horror? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. You kind of just take your shot where you want. I think in this instance, they're thinking of this is a real love story. What's a famous love story? Bride of Frankenstein and, and Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, the Bride of, in the first of all, it's not just like Bride of, it's like super beautiful Bride of Frankenstein. So as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh, so this is it. This is total Jay's gonna Jay situation. Uh, yeah, there. this is, yeah, this is why. Yeah, this is why like, Jay oh, we have, video. <laughs> we have basically the, the silhouette of Bride of Frankenstein with the incredible model face on her. <laughs> Bright red lipstick. I'm like, oh, Christ. Like, Jay, come on. Like, I don't know that this is where you're going. If it was Elvira, then it'd be a different story. <laughs> well, she was almost Elvira-like. Yeah, she yeah. was. I'll, I, I'll give you that. I love this, honestly. And I appreciate what a deep pull it was from you, because you see a lot of horror music video lists online, but I don't think this one gets that much play on them. Yeah, it really doesn't. And I think it's just because of the nature of the song itself. It's kind of like a love song. Oh, you mean the song that sounds like an alternate theme to Just the Ten of Us? Yeah, I think maybe <laughs> that might be part of it. <laughs> now i need this is what i need to do i need him dancing and boogieing but to the theme from just the ten of us <laughs> <laughs> i'll get to work on that yes <laughs> that'll be my birthday present this year Number five. Did you order a dead guy in a tuxedo? Oh, no, not me. Greetings. You must be Mario. You must be Luigi. You must be kidding. This place is a dump. Oh, well, wake me up at sunset. I am a night person, you know. Mario. Forget about it. There's something very strange about this guy. What's so strange about sleeping in your clothes? All righty, Jay. It is time for us to revisit the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, yeah. yeah it's been a while. We haven't hit this baby on the podcast in many years. Has it actually been years? Wow. It has. I, you forget, we've been doing this show since, like, 1997. Yeah. <laughs> the seventh yeah. episode of the series called Mario and the Beanstalk, what that title refers to the animated portion, which we are not here to discuss. The live-action portion with Captain Lou Albano is called Bats in the Basement, and this aired in September of 1989. Mario and Luigi are for some reason slated to play hosts to a foreign exchange student who arrives in a coffin. <laughs> and yeah, there was a lot, lot of shades of uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein in this. Is that what they were trying to do? I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. mean, yeah, you can guess where this is going. Inside the coffin is Count Zoltan Dracula, straight from Transylvania. <laughs> Mario and Luigi figure out that a guy named Count Zoltan Dracula is probably a vampire and they of course want to get rid of him. It took them a little bit longer than you would expect for them to figure it out. It did. You know, <laughs> at the time I'm like, Mario and Luigi are just the coolest motherfuckers. But when I watch the show now, I'm like, hmm, they're definitely kind of dumb. 
dumb as fuck. Yeah, they, these dumb fucks. I'm like, this guy is like fucking eating people right in front of you. What's going on? Like, it doesn't click with them until they see the bloodstained sheets. And it's yeah. like, meanwhile, it's like, it's totally fucking Dracula walking around their living room. <laughs> yeah. So they end up buying a book titled How to Get Rid of a Vampire, which Dracula notices. And he's just like, dudes, if you want me to leave, I'll just leave. Just ask me. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty much how the episode ends. No, but wait, you made the best part. Is <laughs> oh, I, I have some notes. But yeah, I'm sure I missed a, a plenty of good parts. Well, I know what you're going to say. But one of my favorite parts is that they're sitting there looking at their bills. And they're like, they're wondering why all these things are getting charged to them. And it's like, obviously stuff for Dracula. (laughs) It's like like, totally ridiculous. The show has so many awesome cheesy moments. Yeah. The dialogue is like 45%. Forget about it. Forget about it. Well, let's, I mean, we talked about this the last time we brought up the show. Like this, the jokes in this are so, (laughs) you know, cheesy. My favorite one is this. They're reading the vampire tip book. And Luigi says that one way to get rid of a vampire is by driving a stake through his heart. Mary responds, Are you crazy? Steak is for 59 a pound. <laughs> Did you even realize there was an Inspector Gadget reference? There was. They were doing a, They were marathoning it. Yes. Yeah, not not typical to get a name drop of another show. I guess there was, maybe it had the same production house, but yeah, cool. Yeah. If one thing can make Mario even cooler, it's the fact that he liked Inspector Gadget. So uh, two little moments here, and then if you have anything you want to throw in, go for it. There's a okay. scene with Mario eating at the table, and there's a box of Nintendo cereal system in plain sight. I saw that. I was oh, man, I knew you were going to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah. They, they, I mean, they didn't hide it at all. So the episode is worth watching just for that. Yeah. And number two, they actually let Count Zoltan Dracula introduce the preview for the Legend of Zelda cartoon. <laughs> they did, yeah. I bid you welcome to these delicious scenes from the Legend of Zelda. I enjoyed that. I thought that was really neat. And yeah. I, I felt like they could have did so much more. Like the whole episode should have just been that their whole exploits. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that Dracula appears on another episode, but he's not Count Zoltan Dracula, but he's wearing the same suit and he's there again. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, okay, I, I can't, I really need to like binge this whole series before I could talk with authority about it because it is just all over the place. They liked him enough to bring him back though as like a recurring maybe. Totally. Did you notice too one thing that uh, really stuck out to me is they didn't give as much to Captain Lou as they did to the other guy, to Luigi? Maybe it felt like it felt like Luigi was like just carrying the show. Yeah, I I, got maybe Captain Lou was just having an off day, and uh, what's his name? Danny had to just pick up the slack for him. I don't know. It might have been because, but you always hear those wrestling stories about how Captain Lou's like knocking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine in the back room. Yes, yes, (laughs) and let's let's be real. If you knew that your day was going to be spent in a Mario costume discussing things with fucking Dracula, you might hit the bottle that morning. It's like, you know what? I don't care what I'm getting paid. I am fucking drinking this fucking vodka right now. <laughs> Maron. Maron. <laughs> Super Maron, brothers. <laughs> Aha. If all else fails, send the vampire to the grocery store for some bread. While he's gone, you move. Excuse me. Relax. Would you really like to know how to get rid of a vampire? Yeah, 
Just ask me. I'll be out of here like a bat. What does it say that? Number six, six, six. When ghosts come alive and rear their ugly heads, who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Each sold separately. Any ghost in the museum? Follow me. Hi, guys. Meet my mommy, the mummy monster. Drop everything, Winston. Heads up, Bankman. Blast them. What a pinhead. Run! <laughs> Look, the little ghost. Ecto-5 letter will nail him. The real Ghostbusters, new from Kenner. Nailed him. Okay, you're going to like this next one, Matt. It is Kenner's Real Ghostbusters Monsters Action Figures that came out in 1989. Some live applause for you there, Jay. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, when you think about it, it seems like such a cool idea. Ghostbusters meets Universal Monsters. And I feel like there's some off things about the whole situation. But as a whole, I love that it exists. And I know you were going to bring it up, and I kind of stole it from you because I definitely feel like it needs to be talked about on the show. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. You did steal it from me. I agree with that for sure. And I agree <laughs> that they needed to be brought up. I'll be honest. When they were out, I don't know if I appreciated them so much because I preferred it when Kenner did the original monsters. But these right. are really cool. And as far as Universal Monsters go, it's such a unique set. I agree with you where I was looking for those original characters or the characters directly from the TV show, from the cartoon. Right. But in this case, they might as well be original monsters because let's let's do the roster here. We had Frankenstein, the mummy, Dracula, a zombie and Quasimodo and the Wolfman. Yeah. And they all had aspects that were unusual in some way. Absolutely. So Frankenstein, he raises his arms and opens his mouth like he's growling almost, but he has a mohawk and the bolts that are supposed to be on his neck are like actually in the top of his head on each side, which is yes, so weird. And also he's like kind of doing the devil horns with his right hand. I don't know if you noticed that, but I'm like, yeah, Jay's, yes. Jay's, Jay's probably going to love that. He, he totally was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that is kind of strange for Frankenstein. Not my favorite Frankenstein incarnation, but definitely original. Yeah. I think the mummy is probably the closest to the universal monster. The mummy is the closest? I'd like to see your pitch for this one. Okay, well, I mean, he kind of looks like a regular traditional mummy. I mean, his head pops off. His head off. pops off, revealing a tiny head underneath. But see, he would have a tiny head because when you get mummified... Your head shrinks, doesn't oh it? Oh my god, you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The juices go out. You kind of freeze dry over there. Yeah. The juice yeah. is loose. The, exactly. <laughs> so then we got Dracula who... <laughs> Dracula is definitely... Um, yeah, they took some liberties with Drac. He's ripe for the picking here. So he unhinges his jaw. First of all, he has like blue skin. I love that. I thought that's great. Blue skin Draculas, they're my thing. Sure. Yeah, purple suit. He unhinges his jaw and you see his fangs and he's about to like bite someone. But in this case, he kind of looks like a few different things and I'll try to list them for you. Okay. So yep. <laughs> he's either scratching records like a DJ. Uh, he's calling safe as a referee in baseball <laughs> <laughs> or he's doing the, that thing that Emma in WWE used to do with her hands. <laughs> do you remember oh that? God. <laughs> I think we yeah. need the soundtrack to that. <laughs> oh. 
All three are accurate for sure. Emma is definitely a a brilliant observation, but I'm going to go with number two, the referee yelling safe. Because already he kind of looks like a chunk nugget 80s sitcom dad, so he would be the empire at the uh, game. And he's also doing the people's eyebrow. Yes, he is. It's like just a fucking pile of wrestling references in this chunky Dracula. Chunky. (laughs) All right, so that brings us to the zombie, which was one of the most original takes on any of these. And I don't even think, like, there is no way that this character was conceived as a zombie. Yeah, no, he had to have been something else that because Kenner is known to reuse molds for everything. Yeah. Like th- this might have been made for something else. I feel like, like this hey. is this is straight out of the Beetlejuice line for sure. He's taller than the rest of them, and he has this carrot top on the top of his head. His uh, carrot top pops off, and you see his brains and what have you. I don't love that zombie, but he does have kind of goofy eyes, which I enjoyed. Yeah, but he's he's dressed like he's going on a safari or something. Yeah, because he's like a witch doctor zombie. Well, I mean, I don't know that I would connect witch doctor to zombie so casually like you just did. <laughs> you say it like it's a natural thing. Oh, but he's just a, he's a witch doctor zombie. No, no. <laughs> he's a cool figure, though. Yeah, we'll gloss over the zombie because he's not the best. I don't know. The Wolfman, though. Let's let's get into it with the Wolfman. So we have uh, the business Wolfman, corporate office Wolfman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, possibly one of the coolest ones that they had. Uh, he, his, his clothes are all shredded and his head and arms kind of fall back a little bit so he can howl at the moon. Which is a cool action feature, I think. This was my favorite in the set because what you just described, it's all executed perfectly. Like the figure looks great. The action feature works exactly the way you want it to. And it's just such a cool figure. Yeah. And that brings us to poor Quasimodo. Uh, If you have a heart and you kind of feel bad for (laughs) hunchback people, I mean, come on, this is unfair that they even did this. Because nobody wanted Quasimodo. And they certainly didn't do anything to change that. Yeah, they didn't do it any favors. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's like it's like the most basic kind of just their figure in the set. They give him this hairy chest, but it's like invisible hair. They didn't even paint it. Yep. I mean, that's not. Yeah, because it almost it looks like he's got like a growth or something. Yeah, but he does have growths on his back, on his hunchback, and then he's in chains. So his action feature is that he rips out of the chains. But, I mean, whatever. It's freaking Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, and and plus, like, I know that Quasimodo, I mean, this is part of his character, but, God, this figure just looks so incredibly pained. Like, he looks like a boxer who just got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, you just feel bad for him. It's like, let's be real, when you're in the store and you're full of, uh, you're standing in front of, like, a whole fucking shelf of real Ghostbusters toys, this set in of itself is a tough sell because there's some cool shit to pick from. So even if you were going to go to this line, this subset, I don't think Quasimodo stood much of a chance. He is definitely the figure you got from your aunt that, like, came three hours away on Christmas Day. Yeah, because it was on special, like, half price. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, you know what? I've always heard him talk about that Quasimodo. <laughs> See, even thinking about all that, it really does make me wonder, how come they didn't do other characters? Like, they didn't do Phantom of the Opera or uh, Creature or Bride of Frankenstein. They, yeah. I mean, those, to me, were obvious choices. And overall, a great line. But here's my question. They're not ghosts. So I was going to ask you about that. Like, are these meant to be like ghosts of monsters or are they just monsters? 
sometimes they'd show up in the comic book, the real Ghostbusters comic, and you're wondering, like, okay, like this mummy is not, it's a dead mummy, but it's not a ghost. So the yeah, logistics so here. What are do they do? Off. How do they, like, do you fight a living monster with proton packs, or do they, like, break out the hammers and shit? I don't know. I think we should call Bobby Brown and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Song. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. This is just a, an excuse because we need to get to play it on the spooky song. Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be real with you. This Bobby Brown version, I like it more than the original theme. Really? Oh yeah. 100%. You like it more than than the actual Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, I will. That's a hill I am willing to die on. Wow, that's a big deal. You know you agree with me. Search your feelings. Know it to be true. <laughs> what about Vigo, Mesa Evil? But try to battle my boys? That ain't legal. My last pick is a doozy, Jay. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought you hate doozy in the beginning of the show. This is another doozy. I would classify this as a major doozy, Jay. Where did you go? The doozy department oh, store? You know what I said? When I sat down to make my list for today, I'm like, you know what I need tonight? Four straight doozies. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe I need to get some new adjectives. I don't know. But we are going to be talking about Power Rangers again. Oh, okay. Yeah, we talked about that one episode back on our show about evil clowns, and it was just such a great reminder to both of us about how beautifully bizarre this show was in its early days. It really it was a good reminder because I, you know, I definitely that one kind of fell by the wayside for me. But wow, yeah, that was I mean, great. Not, neither of us were really big fans or and experts, but holy shit, you watch it now, you're like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, where have you been all my life? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this, tonight, this is an episode from the show's first season called Life's a Masquerade, which aired, I believe, on October 30th, 1993. So it's like their Halloween special. Yeah. And I'm cool. going to cut to the chase here, Jay. This is the episode where they fight motherfucking Frankenstein. <laughs> it was a masterpiece. Totally. And I'm going to just describe it in broad strokes because oof, we'll, we could be here forever. There's a masquerade party in Angel Grove, which means that everyone's going to be in costumes. So Rita seizes the opportunity to send down a monster that can just kind of blend in with everyone. And it's it's fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> it's like literally Frankenstein. It's not like something that kind of looks like Frankenstein. It's fucking Herman Munster. <laughs> so, or actually, to, to be more accurate, Herman from like Munsters Today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it totally <laughs> You know what? He looks just like him, but what we need to do is make the head unnecessarily large. Put some extra <laughs> shit around his eyes. Yeah. So he enters the party, this masquerade party, and he, for a while it's just kind of dicking around. 
But eventually he gets ticked off and he literally throws a woman across the dance floor. I'm like, wow, this is I, a this is something. Yeah. That was pretty intense. Yeah, I'm like, what? This is a kid's show. You can't do that to the ladies. That was like intensity in 10 cities. Exactly. <laughs> so the Rangers, they eventually pick up on these subtle clues and realize that this isn't just some guy in a costume. This is one of Rita's minions, and they start fighting. And this dude is like a fucking ninja. Yeah, it was like kung fu fighting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, the whole previous part of the episode he's kind of like doing the frankenstein stalk where he can barely walk once he starts fighting he's like throwing drop kicks yeah i know <laughs> so eventually it was crazy yeah totally and eventually rita makes her monster grow and then you've got this skyscraper sized frankenstein hurling a mace at the megazord and the dragonzord and i'm like sitting back in my chair and i'm like this is the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, it's just unfolding before your eyes, and you're like, how come I haven't experienced this? Yes, why isn't everybody talking about this all the time? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So naturally, the Rangers win in the end by going into Dragonzord battle mode and stabbing Frankenstein with their power staff. But I have a little bit of trivia for you here, Jay. Okay. Did you notice how weird it was when Frankenstein exploded? Like, how it went to, like, these frames frames and got all crackly and shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, like, watching it. Like, that's not usually how the monsters die in the show. There has to be a reason. And it turned okay. out that there was. In the original Japanese show where they got the footage for those battles, mm -hmm. Frankenstein didn't die when he got stabbed. The stabbing actually made him transform into a different monster. <laughs> this huge, scary zombie called, I think, Mutitis. Really? And I sent you the link. You have to look oh. this up because, like, you're not going to believe what the fuck happens here. Oh, my God. Yeah, click yeah. this link. It's three minutes and 50 seconds in. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm uh, pulling it up now. I got it going now. Three minutes and 50 seconds. So they're... Um... They're summoning the power with the sword. Right. Frankenstein is, is he's dematerializing. And oh my god, no. It's, what? Oh my god, he's all burned. And he looks, what the, no. Oh yes. His suit just ripped off him. Yes. Oh man, this dude is all, looks, he's scary as hell. Yes, and that's the rumor that, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but like on one of the Power Rangers wikis, they say that they cut it because it was just too disturbing. I don't know if that's really the case, but it is pretty it is extreme. disturbing. Yeah, especially when you first see him. Yeah. He looks like a like a monster from, he's like, like a Hellraiser movie totally, or something. Totally. It's like all like fleshy and gross, and it's, it's way beyond the norm for Power Rangers. Holy crap. Yeah. So that monster ends up appearing in the American series, like on another episode. But yeah, that's what really happened to Frankenstein. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, just a little cherry on top of this just absolute pile of insanity. Frankenstein, the the way he looks in throughout this what twenty two minute TV show. Yep. There's like three different guys playing him, and, <laughs> and every time has different makeup and different. <laughs> A it, different mask and all it's, this. It's so funny because I, you know, I, I picked this episode as one of my things tonight, and I'm googling just for images. I'm like, there has to be more episodes with Frankenstein because they all look different. Yeah. And then I realized that no, they for their American stuff they have one Frankenstein. Then for the Japanese stuff they have like 
I guess, two or three different ones. Yeah, the guys that are fighting are different from the guys in the beginning. Yeah. The, so, yeah, it's pretty funny, though, because it reminded me the way Frankenstein looked is that, you know, when you or I are, were like walking around Spirit Halloween and there's always a section toward the front and they'll have these sunglasses that make you look like it, like Pennywise. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. It, it, it looks like he's wearing one of those sunglasses that he just puts on. It absolutely head. does. It, it's like he's got, it's almost like he's got like a false extra face on him or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just so and, weird. And maybe you could explain it though. Cause by the end I was like, wow, what's going on here? And then I think it might've been the green ranger he turned his sword into a flute and he called up another robot. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because I know that you have kind of like a very, uh, you watch Power Rangers here and there, but you definitely were not a regular viewer. That so when they get up to the fight scene and I'm, I'm watching the Green Ranger <laughs> control his giant dragon via flute, I'm like, Jay's going to lose his mind when he sees this. Because he <laughs> no, doesn't realize amazing. that at, at this point in the show, it's like happening in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of the 60s Batman show or something. I'm like, oh it, my God. It did, because like, they just caught to him for like a split second. And then <laughs> it's another five minutes of a battle. Oh, it's the greatest. Yeah, I couldn't believe that was the way that he did that. Like, out of all the ways. Yeah, you know that guy. That's Jason David Frank. He's like the one that's still super yeah, he, famous. Yeah, and he like lives, he still lives the gimmick, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he basically looks the same. And he, he, if you talk smack to him, he's going to... Make an enemy of you for life, from what I hear. <laughs> so, I, I got it. I got to bring this up because it, it reminds me of earlier in the show. It ties back all of your picks. Okay. Yep. So the two goons in the beginning of the show, they they show up in like every show. They're like, yeah, they have their own little theme. Yeah. Vulcan skull. They're in their bedroom, and the one guy, he's got the. It's like a vibrating belt that's supposed to make you lose weight. This thing was popular like in the 80s and 90s. You would hook yourself up to it and it was supposed to like vibrate the fat away. Right. It's bizarrely low on his body rather than having it on his stomach. Like let's so what you're you're trying to suggest is that instead of melting the fat away, he was using the belt to get his rocks off. Yes, exactly. But here's the kicker of the entire situation. In the back, above the bed, there's a giant hot dog hanging above this guy's bed. You've stumbled upon the secret theme. (laughs) All of my picks tonight have some subtle hot dog reference. See if you can pluck it out. Number eight.
my last pick tonight, it is 1992's Beetlejuice Graveyard Review at the Universal Theme Park. <sighs> so all of our episodes have that one big thing that kind of lifts all of the other bullshit we talk about. And this is the big thing because this was amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those shows like, you know, when you go to a theme park, you could either do the rides or you can get some snacks, but there's always some sort of like show or performance that you can go attend. And this was one of them that lasted over 20 years in the theme park. And it showed up in Florida and Hollywood, I think even in Japan. Uh, and it went through many incarnations over the years where it would change up the like the whole cast. The different cast things. and the act and all that shit, yeah. Thank God the guy who recorded this Bless you, whoever did that, because yeah. it's getting to see this again after all these years. I didn't even know it was on YouTube. Well, that's the, the problem is there's a billion versions on YouTube, but you wanted this specific one. Yeah. yeah so yeah. just to just to get it out there, it's by a user called Television Archives, all one word, if anyone wants to see this greatness. Yeah, 1992. Beetlejuice came out in 88. So, I mean, they were still utilizing him at that point. He had staying uh, power. Yeah, he did. And he was good as a host. So... Uh, the idea is that it's basically a rock concert played by the Universal Monsters, and it's it's all hosted by Beetlejuice. So you can imagine, like, what kind of crazy overload is this for us? Yeah, and it's like a half hour long, and it is relentless. Yeah! Oh, thank you! Oh, this is what I call a mega monster makeover! Eat your heart out, Mary Kay! Yeah. So, how are you guys doing? When you go into the little theater... The set is incredible. It's almost like a dungeon in Snake Mountain or something. It, yeah, exactly. It's not even Snake Mountain. It's like the Fright Zone, but it's like huge. Yes. Totally like yeah. the Fright Zone. Yeah. So Beetlejuice comes out. He does a whole set of like one-liners. He's joking around with the crowd. Real yeah, cheesy. and, and let, let's be real. The crowd maybe wasn't the right crowd for the jokes. I mean, it was super <laughs> it, hot and sunny, and he's getting no response. And it isn't his fault. It's just it's hard to sell these Madonna jokes to a theme park crowd on a 100-degree Saturday afternoon. It's a rough row. Any version you watch, like the crowd is 100% dead. <laughs> <laughs> like they just there to like sit for five minutes and poor yeah. Beatles got to try to rouse them. Great show for you guys. We got every monster in the book here. We got your Frankenstein here, Wolfman, Dracula, Pride of Frankenstein, Phantom. They're all here. Enjoy Mr. Beetleman. What? Two minutes until show. And that's our stage manager. Talk about a deadhead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He does his jokes. He brings out the Universal Monsters, and then they basically do a concert for everybody. But what really needs to be talked about is the fact that you had Phantom of the Opera dressed in this purple suit, almost like Prince, right. and he's playing the, the keyboards. You had the Wolfman coming out looking like Teen Wolf, but wearing a Cosby sweater. Yes. You had uh, Frankenstein comes out with a headband looking like a green Fonzie, but he's shredding on guitar. Oh. Like, from, like he looks like he's a on the villain side of the beat it Michael Jackson video. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The bride of Frankenstein looks like she was like fresh off a Halloween ice capade show. And you had Dracula who looked like Billy Ray Cyrus, but Dracula. <laughs> oh, wait, I gotta I got stop you there. Dracula was like male model Dracula, huge yeah. mullet, this big, pretty face. He was like Fabio mixed with Kona crush. I was yes. completely floored <laughs> by that Dracula. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> So they're all playing their instruments or singing and dancing or whatever. Uh, and like the track list definitely changed over the years as time went on. But in this version, you had songs like Wild Thing, Great Balls of Fire, uh, Hot Blooded, right. 
and they're uh, all and they're changing the lyrics to fit the theme. Right, right, and of course they did the Deo, the Banana Boat song from the end of Beetlejuice. Yep. So that kind of put Beetlejuice over, and then Beetlejuice comes out with the shrunken head guys that he's yes, moving and, around. And they're like <laughs> attached to him via this like contraption, so he's like making these puppets dance with him. But like that popped the crowd. Not, it, did, it did. It did. You know, like they 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 got that reference. It, they really did. <laughs> So, what were you, what were your thoughts before we go further with this uh, on this show? And you, this was the first time you saw it, right? Or had you seen first it? First time I, I mean, I've heard it, it's it's famous, so I had heard of it. I've seen pictures. I've even seen little clips. But this was the first time I sat down and, and really endured it, if that's the right word. And there came <laughs> a point. There came a point where I was like, oh, so that's why he's picking this because this isn't just some cheesy nostalgic stage show that's good for a few smiles. It is balls first, the best thing that has ever happened. <laughs> it is absolutely a fucking treasure. It is. It really is. Yeah. And I can't wait to like watch the rest of them because things get even crazier like in the more modern times because then they bring in like a female mummy who was completely amazing. And then they switched up some of the characters. Was, and they, I think they brought in somebody's daughter. I think it was like Phantom of the Opera's daughter. Or oh, something good, because like that. that dude definitely needed a lift in this show. He was the weak link, let's be real. <laughs> he was the weak link. <laughs> like, totally you know what, fam? Just go over there by your organ and try not to get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, but the workhorse, really, though, I think was Wolfman. He was dancing around. He's he's just got that cool Yeah, he, I, you know, it's like you... you you both appreciate and feel a little bad for these guys because, like, they were not just phoning it in. Wolfman is jumping, like, six feet in the air. So unless yeah. there were hidden trampolines, I'm like, this poor guy exactly. is really, like, killing himself for them. And like we said earlier, this was not the best crowd for this performance. And you could kind of see them in the video. It definitely seemed to be a lot of older folks. Yeah. So they're not responding to most of these songs. There was one time they got a really big Road Warrior pop, though. Yeah, which it's, part was that? It's when Frankenstein sings When a Man Loves a Woman. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you hear all the ladies in the crowd go, Oh, oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Someone famous once played the Wolfman in this show. Oh, really? Joey Fatone. No way! I don't know if that was before or after his... <laughs> success in the boy band <laughs> you're being cruel i believe it was before okay well you never know yeah right? yeah <laughs> actually like that's a pretty common thing with these stage shows a lot of like big name people in fact this show i think wayne brady played frankenstein at one point oh is that true i, I if my two minute research is is holding up <laughs> yes i believe it is <laughs> In some of the other incarnations, I'm watching this and they're playing like Kiss and Bruce Springsteen. I'm like this. I'm watching Frankenstein play guitar to Kiss. You know, oh I mean, God. it's just amazing. Yeah, that my head like, almost you, you could. That's like your dream. Yeah, just playing out <laughs> live in in Universal Studios. <laughs> it's such a shame that the only footage left from these things is like from people in the audience. Like, did they never just do an official recording? You would think like that would be a something you could buy at the gift shop, right? Like if even if they put it out now, it'd be so huge. God, I would buy the box set every year. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Give me all of them, like the <gasps> Time Life box set. 
<laughs> if you remain subscribed every month, we'll send you a new year of this stage show. And if they throw in soft rock hits of the 80s, I'm there too. <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny because like, and you've brought it up on the show before, as much as you like things like the Batman stunt show at Six Flags, it ain't got nothing on what I just watched today. I think combining Beetlejuice and the Universal Monsters was really the perfect thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the Universal Studios Monsters. The Pants won the opera, the Wolfman, Count Dracula, the Frankenstein Monster, and the Bride of Frankenstein. And I am your host, Mr. Goodman, saying have a great day, Universal Studios Florida, and remember rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Okay, show's over. Get out of here. Come on. All right, so that was our Universal Monster show, Matt. I would say that people didn't expect those sorts of picks from us, but they probably did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we think that they don't, yeah. but they do. They know the score. <laughs> They've been with us for a while. You want me to run yours down? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, oh boy, here we go. We had the Power Rangers meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. We had the Super Mario Super Show starring Dracula, uh, Zoltan Dracula. Count Zoltan Dracula. We had the Pepsi Doritos tie-in with the Invisible Man promoting Crystal Pepsi. What? <laughs> then what? No dip? What? <laughs> Poor Frankenstein. And the chili-filled hot dogs that were <laughs> invented by uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Can, can you say that <laughs> with any more hostility? <laughs> This would go a different way if I was more hungry at this time, because yeah. I might even go with the hot dogs. Yeah, but... you're not. Please don't humor me. I know those hot dogs are already on the shelf. <laughs> I love the Power Rangers and Frankenstein, so I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah, I'm going to have to drop Super Mario. Yeah, and I'm going to drop the chili-filled hot dogs. It's for me. It's coming down to the whole Pepsi Doritos commercial and the advertising and all that stuff we talked about. And one of the reasons for that is because the influence that the artwork had on me in my life. <laughs> right. But how do you compare that influence with the sight of a Green Ranger playing the flute to control a giant dragon to fight an equally giant Frankenstein? Yeah, no, it doesn't compare at all. And I think <laughs> I think once people watch this Power Rangers episode, it's pretty much hands down the winner, without a doubt. Hell but yeah. I think there's a revelation here. You know how everybody was like a huge fan of the Pink Ranger? When you're a dude, like in a kid, you love the Pink Ranger, right? Yes. Yeah, everybody had a crush on her. I like Rita. Rita does it for me. <laughs> I like a Spitfire. <laughs> I like her choice in hats. Yes, yeah, right? She's a fashion icon. Yeah. No, and, but... Uh, but by the way, this is one of the rare episodes where Rita is just randomly on Earth. <laughs> I can't even tell where I just I absolutely love any footage with her and her crew because it looks like it was filmed in like the late 70s it does. And for all <laughs> I know it was but I love it like every line she says begins with her waving her arms yes Finsta! <laughs> but no, all, all jokes aside the Frankenstein meets the Power Rangers was completely insane and the fact that you brought out that little trivia nugget that put it way over the top too so we have your choice it's it's the frankenstein power rangers episode and that's an excellent choice i agree with you yeah 
you brought to the table tonight the real Ghostbusters Monsters Collection. Yeah. The Monster Serials Universal Monsters Collection. Yeah. The Huey Lewis video, which even though you described in complete fullness, I still have no idea what happened in any of it, but it was good. <laughs> and of course, my pick, my pick for the winner, this insane stage show where Beetlejuice leads the Universal Monsters in a musical performance that goes on forever to a crowd that has no idea what they're watching. <laughs> so it was an easy choice for you. Absolutely. Like, oh my God. You know, and I've said this before, if, if people are really going to invest time in any of our picks tonight, this is the one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it's a no-brainer. Plus, like, you know, we're doing a Universal Monster show, and this one gets them all in there. So, Got to catch them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good work. All right, well, that's a good pick. But before we wrap everything up, I have a question. One last question sure. for you, Matt. Okay, so out of all these characters, like the main roster, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, Bride of Frankenstein, the creature, Invisible Man, and the mummy. Yeah. Like, those, those main characters. Do you ever feel truly like you can relate to one of these monsters? And if so, which one? Okay, so which one of the Universal Monsters can I relate to? I feel... Like, which one do you feel like? Like, if you really were going to be one, like, for real. All right, let me think. If I was going to relate to any of the Universal Monsters... Well, it isn't Frankenstein. I don't really feel much of a kinship with the mummy. I want to be Dracula, but I don't know if I'm him. The creature from the Black Lagoon, nobody likes him, and every time he goes near people, they run. So I'm probably the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> but wait, do you even swim? Can you swim? <laughs> no, but I've seen them. I actually have seen that movie, and I don't know that he can swim all that well either. <laughs> How about you? Oh, definitely Frankenstein. I mean, he's everything I aspire to be in my life. Tall. So, yeah. <laughs> he just grunts. Yeah. <laughs> kind of has a hard time moving around. Yeah, I can Although see I'm that. not afraid. Oh, actually, it's not so, so much that you want to be Frankenstein. It's that you, you, you want that marriage that he's got going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. definitely. <laughs> no, I really want the. I really want to just be uh, tall. And, well, you are um, tall. Actually, I just want to steal Frankenberry's Frankenberry. Frankenberry cereal, it's coming your way. Have a monster for breakfast today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast, and we want to remind you that we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Purple Stuff. And we have our bonus episode that comes to you yes. on there. Lots of fun stuff over yes. there. Yes, our Halloween bonus show will be coming up soon, so look for that if you are supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, man, the season is not over. We got a lot of cool stuff still coming up. I hope so. I mean, I, I feel like Halloween's tomorrow, but hopefully there'll be some more stuff coming up. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein in a torn up Armani looking mighty fine. I mean, the brother was smoking, literally, sewn up with a needle and thread, put together with parts from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
except they put his nuts on the side of his head. What in the world were they thinking? Dracula is afraid of life. He only comes out of his coffin at night. Slips out to have him a bite. Out of somebody's neck, that is. He's a vampire, vampire bat. Sucking on blood, it's slow and fast. Except I don't know if he should really be doing that. I mean, I hope he practices safe socks. And you are listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.